Welcome to the Church Planting Podcast. My name is Josh Taransky. I've got on the line with me Clint Clifton. He's here to help me introduce this particular episode. In it, we're going to sit down with Mike McDaniel, who leads the Summit Network from Summit Church. That's the church where J.D. Greer is the pastor. And we're going to talk about a church planting residency, uh, a pipeline for training future church planters. This is such a, a big thing. Uh, it's a great model that they have going there at Summit. Uh, Clint, you interface with church planters all the time, churches that want to set up this type of residential program. Tell us a little bit more about what you see as value in this discussion. Thanks, Josh. So residencies are definitely a growing trend in evangelical churches and uh, maybe one of the most exciting trends that I've ever seen in my life as a Christian. I am really um, elated about the fact that churches are owning the responsibility themselves to prepare leaders. I mean, if you think about it, kind of the fundamental call of pastoral work is Ephesians 4.12, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And I can't think of anything that's that's more central to equipping the saints for the work of the ministry than than preparing pastors or missionaries. Um, and you know, a church planner is is like a hybrid between a pastor and a missionary. So this is this is exactly the kind of work pastors should be involved in. And um, a residency is really a way of saying we're going to do this in an ongoing fashion, not just in a one-off kind of way. I think the generation before us really thought like maybe God will call somebody from our church to plant a church once every 10 years and we'll do, we'll, we'll take action on it when it happens. Um, and we'll just kind of pat them on the back and give them a pile of cash and send them on their way. Um, and hope for the best. Uh, now churches aren't thinking like that. They're thinking this is, and so, somewhat, I think this is because of the multi-site movement, but they're thinking this is an extension of us. Um, this is our hands and feet going out and doing ministry in another place. And the goal is so specifically aimed at establishing a church that, I mean, I just think that's fantastic. It's like sending a, a long-term mission team when you send a, a group of people to start a new church. You know, it's, it's, it's like a permanent thing is going to be left behind, even if they're only there for six months or 12 months or a year. Um, and then they come back and there's a church left behind. I mean, just think about the compounding impact over time. And if a church has a residency and they're churning out guys every year, one guy, two guys, five guys, or like Summit, six guys, eight guys, um, just the, the compounding impact of that over the life of a church or, or the life cycle of a church is just, I mean, it, it almost will blow your mind to just think about how God could use that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of different strategies on how to do this, um, but it does have that underlying foundation of being intentional in sending guys out to plant churches. And, and if, if you're thinking about this, and I, I know some, some of the guys that are going to be listening to this, they'll, they'll fit into that category of, of wanting to start their own residential program. Uh, you've got to have a starting point. And so I, I think that this episode, this discussion with Mike uh, can set that foundation. Uh, here's one way that a big church is doing it. They've got objectives. Um, they've got a way that they're thinking about training guys. Uh, it's tied in with some funding and some ideas about funding. We get into all of that in this episode. Yeah, I wanna say too, before we, before we jump into the episode, um, the two things. One is that the funding is not a component that is absolutely critical to you doing this. 
Um, I, if you've listened to this podcast very long, you've probably heard me say that there's only one necessary thing to start a new church, and that's a ready leader. So this is really about getting leaders ready. It's it's can also be a funding piece. It's very appropriate for you to support financially church planners who are going out from your midst. But it's not it's not primarily that. It's primarily an equipping thing. And so um, I, I think it's great that we're interviewing Summit and that Summit has done this so well. They've really been a, a like a trendsetter in this regard. But small churches are doing this and doing it well. Uh, you and I both know a church planner in Baltimore, Adam Tossip, who's been uh, just from the, his foundation, beginning his church, he's he's readying guys and raising up guys, got an internship program and stuff like that. I mean, I'm hearing guys talk about their residencies before their churches are even launching. And that might be a little extreme, uh, but I'm I'm elated that small churches are thinking about this, mid-sized churches, large churches. I've got churches all over the spectrum that have residency programs going on, and um, I think it's fantastic. We also can't forget, the second thing I wanted to mention, we can't forget that um, the content of those, you know, how are we going to equip pastors? I think one of the things that keeps pastors from getting involved in this is how, how I don't know what to do with them. I don't know what to do with these guys. I don't know how to train them. I'm, I'm figuring out day to day how to do what I do. Um, there are some excellent resources out there. NAM has spent a ton of time and energy and put some of the best minds in North America on developing something called the multiplication pipeline. And you can go to nam.net backslash pipeline and find this information about this, but it's free and available to churches. And uh, basically what it is is a three-year residency curriculum. And uh, to, to just be real simple about it, and it's um, it's taking guys from um, just kind of the early stages of considering pastoral work or ministry or church planting and taking them all the way through preparation for that. So uh, past, the pipeline is, is there for that purpose. That pipeline is a real gift to the, the broader body of Christ, and it just got refreshed. So it's on a, I just was looking at it a couple days ago. It's on a new platform. It looks better than ever. The content's been updated. So we will share that link in the show notes along with this episode. All right, Clint, thanks for helping us introduce Mike. And without further ado, here is our conversation with Mike McDaniel. All right, here we are with Mike McDaniel from Summit Church, Summit Church Planting. Yep. Um, if for those who are listening on the podcast, there's church planters. Some are familiar with Summit. A lot of them are not. Give us a little bit of context about that church, where you guys located at, history of the church. Sure. So uh, the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. So um, we like to say that the Summit is about 15 year old, years old and about 60 years old. So uh, Summit was a, a dying church that was basically replanted about 15 years ago um they called jd greer as our pastor and so um we replanted before replanting was a thing i guess so they sold the building moved into high school and uh um, but there was a, a, a big kind of heart and vision for missions and church planting that has grown continually over the years mm. and at some point it decided to have an official church planting initiative enough to hire were you the first person that was hired to oversee church planting for summit um kind of so um we had uh we had a missions pastor um and um we had a couple people on that team but about 10 years ago uh um really just out of a, a conviction for the great commission um jd cast a vision for planning a churches uh, uh sorry planning a thousand churches um, by 2050, 
Um, and so we figured if we were actually going to accomplish that, we might need to hire a few more people. Yeah. Um, so not a lot of people know that it was actually started as a partnership with the state convention in North Carolina. So um, they they pitched in, helped us get it off the ground, and then eventually Summit kind of uh, assumed responsibility for it, which made for a fun first three years because I realized that I basically had to prove that my job was viable, you know. Wow. Um, but no, so that was um, – Okay, right. so so JD says we want to plant a thousand churches. You get this initiative going. They hire you. So, um, what does that mean? You know, big picture still for the church. Um, does that mean that you're sending guys out every year? Um, does it mean you're training guys? Yeah, yeah. So, initially, we launched what we called a church planting center. Um, we didn't really know what that meant at the time, um, but. The vision was, hey, if we're going to plant a lot of churches, we've got to we've got to raise up and develop leaders. And so, uh, really, we started what at the time was just a couple of cohorts, um, just kind of um, as as Larry Osborne says, comb the sand and, and look through our staff at guys that we saw potential in for church planting, and just began to pull those guys together into a room and um, and talk talk ministry, talk leadership, and then over time, that's grown into uh, a more kind of formal process for trying to train up future planters. So walk us through some of the, the formality of it or it being formalized. Yeah. So what does that mean? So a guy, let's say a guy can somebody call you up today and say, Hey Mike, uh, I feel called to plant a church. I want to come to summit. They could. Yeah, they could. Um, you know, as we've spun that up, um, you know the the really the vision for it was let's let's raise these guys up you know from within the church from within the church as um, you know Kevin I think talked about even um, this morning here at the SBC like we need more qualified planters right if we had a hundred we could fund them tomorrow and so that was the vision um, but as we expanded over the years we had capacity to take on additional guys that were coming from churches that either didn't have the capacity to to train them or or um or didn't have a vision for sending yet and so that's led to some some partnerships along the years just to be able to train other guys as well. okay so what does the initial conversation look like um uh, for a guy that you've identified or that's come to you what are some of the early steps that they're going through yeah so uh we'll we'll take them i mean basically through a church planning assessment Okay. Um, that we is do. that the NAM assessment or is that your own assessment? We do our own. Yeah, we do our own in-house. Um, it, I mean, we really want to build relationships with these guys, um, you know, especially since a lot of them are coming out of our staff. And so rather than send them through a formal assessment, you know, there's a lot that we obviously um, know about them already just from being around them. And, you know, one of the things we like to say is that the best assessment tool for church planning is the local church. I mean, the best place to see how a guy's doing is you put him in leadership and, and see how he's doing. So, um, so we built a lot of that in house cause it was just a, you know, a more natural way for us to be able to assess the guys that we were, um, seeing come up and, and raise their arms for this. Um, but then that also helps us to obviously be able to walk along people that come from the outside as well. Um, and you oversee this whole process, right? Right. Okay, and so, and there's a residency component to it. Yep. Right, so um, what does the resin- residency entail? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we we really, I would say we, you know, started um, with the residency and kind of 
fell backwards into everything else. More training. Yeah. Okay. Um, when we started doing this, there were a handful of churches doing residencies around the country, and so we sat down and learned from those guys. And um, f- for us, residency is really f- finishing school. So you know, these are guys that are already, um, you know, men and women, um, because the wives are involved as well. They're already proven leaders. They're already proven disciple makers. They've already been serving the church, and we're just trying to really get them ready for church planting. Um, I'd say that's one of the distinctions that we learned from a couple of the churches we looked at is that um, we're not in residency we're not trying to train pastors as much as take pastors and teach them uh, what they need to know to start yeah. the church what are some uh, characteristics that are an immediate like uh, this isn't going to work what are things that you see that it's just like this guy we're assessing him we're in day two this isn't going to fly yeah I mean th- I mean, let me say, let me say on the front end, there's a lot of different ways to plant churches, right? And I think that's important for us to recognize. Like, we're operating under one model of church planting, and so we're assessing guys for one model of church planting. So um, not everybody's going to be a good fit for that model, and that's why we need more than one. Um, you know, under ours, we tend to be looking for, you know, obviously character first. Like, this person is qualified as an elder to, to lead the church. Um um, chemistry on the second fit with, um, you know, our um, DNA, you know, who we are as a church and the kind of churches that we feel like God has called us to plant. Um, uh, it's just their, their theological convictions f- fits into that as well. But there, you know, we tend to be looking more at, man, are they t- the type of person that um, knows how to talk about what they believe with Christians and non-Christians, that they're not just versed in theology, but they could you know, talk about these things in a way that a non-Christian could understand. Um, and then, you know, they've, they've got to be able to do certain things as a church planner, right, in our system. So typically those things are, are preaching, disciple-making, and leadership are the main three areas that mm. we're, we're focusing on. So uh, tell me a story about one of the guys that's gone through that you've just really had a, a joy, the joy of watching him develop and then fruitfully plant. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be it'd be hard to choose, honestly. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many of like good friends of mine I've you know sent out, um, been a part of sending out through this. Um, you know, in fact, a guy that that was our missions pastor when I started, that was my first boss, ended out ended up planting a church, and so man, it's just it's been really sweet to be able to walk alongside those, see what God has done, but probably. One of my favorites is, you know, so um, we talk about sometimes about like the cost of sending, right? And, um, you know, it's funny because I think in my role, like my job is to is to like send people out. Like um, I forget uh, who it was, but somebody talks about how on every staff there's like pluses and minuses, right? So there's people that like add. There's certain positions on your staff that add more people to church by virtue of their job, and there's others that uh, don't. Yeah. Say like HR, or you know, if you've got that in your church. But, um, well, my team is like double minuses. Like our sole job is to is to take the best people and and get them out. So, usually everybody else feels that, but I get to send a guy out from my team that's been part of my team um, that's planting a collegiate focused church in Charlottesville, Virginia, a couple of years ago, and. Um, uh, that was that was 
probably the most I've had to feel it. Um, but it's, it, you know, in a bittersweet way. It's 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 hard to see people go, but it's also awesome to see, you know, how God has has used them since they've been out. Yeah, yeah. So in this process, what would you say uh, lights your fire? What's the thing you're most excited about in sending guys out? Man, I I think it's the, um, you know, we all have those kind of aha moments where we just connect the dots on just some aspect of our story and how God wants to use it. Um, I can think of, you know, one of mine just so coming out of seminary, I, I thought God was calling me to plant a church and I just just kind of connected the dots that uh, that wasn't something that I was ready for um, and through a long process really discovered that God had wired me in a lot of ways for um, uh, investing in leaders and, and uh, mobilization and, and so that was an aha moment for me there were a lot of pieces that I was able to connect um, it's it's those moments it's where um, you know I remember years ago working with a guy who just really struggled to just he was struggling with releasing and empowering leaders and he was able to connect that to a story of something that he experienced from um when he was a teenager and it was just that light bulb going off that uh, god was able to kind of redeem a moment and and use it to make him a better leader so those tend to be the kind of things in, in my opinion that really make or break guys at church planters as church planters or not you know how much knowledge they have about church planting it's and has God been able to redeem those parts of your story that are driving and impacting who you are as a leader and how you lead others and if 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 we can move the ball help you move the ball down the field in one of those areas while you're doing a residency then that's that's the win mm. so these guys that are in residency when they're done do they go out and the following week start the church um, or are they are they being sent out uh, having built a team? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also want to ask you about uh, funding. The reason I want to I kind of want to dig into this is just because there's a lot of churches that I've come across who are established like yours who are trying to uh, set up something like That's right. this, you yep. know. And um, uh, so yeah, I'm just very curious. Yeah, yeah. So. Um a big part of that, uh, so residency is August to April, and a big part of it is we want to platform you. We want to put you in front of our people. We want to give you opportunities to recruit and build a team. So we're working with, with guys early on in identifying what are some of those really key people that you need around you just because of how you're gifted and wired. But then, you know, we're also putting them up in front of our congregation and and. Basically, we, we call it giving them a hunting license on our church, you know, like you're, you know, get out there and recruit. And um, so on average, um, our guys have about usually 20 to 25 by the time, if they don't live in their city already, that they're making that move. Um, and so we wrap up into April. They're, you know, sometime over that summer making a move to the city if they're not there already. And uh, the, the team is moving as well and relocating and getting jobs. And, and we, we really look at it as like, there, yes, there is, a, there is a pastor who is going to provide some leadership and care, but it is a team of missionaries. It is a team of church planters that is going 
and a, and a big part of what those planters are doing over the course of that year is is investing in and developing that team to be able to reach the city I- instead of just um, him. Yeah. And what level of funding do you do you have an, a, a set amount that you give each guy? Um, do you have ongoing support? How does that work? Yeah. So we do. So we've got residents that are both um, on site and off site. So the on sites are usually the guys that are coming out of our congregation. And so when they enter residency, they stay in a staff role. Their responsibilities just pull back a little bit. And, and typically we're paying three quarters of their salary um, just because of the amount of money that they're going to go out and raise to plant the church. Um, for guys that are somewhere else, um, they, um, they've usually got somebody else that's acting as sending church. And so we may do some financial support. Um, it just depends on the situation. Um, but then Summit Church is usually supporting them for three years after they finish. And, you know, that could be, you know, anywhere from, you know, 50000 to 100000 you know, sometimes more, depending on where they're going, right? Because some of these guys may be going to Charlotte, North Carolina, and they're probably going to be self-sustaining in a year. And some of these guys could be going to – We've got a guy going this year to London, England, and it is a, a little bit It'll more little expensive yeah. <laughs> in London than it is in uh, Charlotte. Wow. Man. Um, so this one-year residency, is it, so it ends in April. Um, is there a bunch of book work that the guys are doing, um, or is it classroom time? Um, what does it look like? Yeah, so we meet uh, twice a month, and um, usually we meet for about a day. Um, and, um, usually guys have some work that they're doing on the front end. Um, we, we like to give guys chapters or articles instead of books. We're trying to really drill in. I mean, again, these are, these are more experienced leaders. So we're trying to drill in on, um, some nuanced things as opposed to teach them, you know, this is how to preach, you know, this, that kind of stuff. So there's a little bit of front end. A lot of that is is not just, um, man. I, I want you to read something and 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 write about it. It's like you're working on your you know philosophy of ministry. Um, you're you know working on a strategic plan. You're thinking about how we want to do discipleship and trying to capture that um, so that when we get together in the room, um, we're trying to flip the classroom and spend less time just hearing from somebody and more time interacting um, and, and learning from each other. Yeah. So when these guys go out, what kind of feedback are you getting from them? Um, what, do they, uh, what do they feel like is the most valuable aspect of that residency? Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the things we hear, um, I'd say most consistently, is self-awareness. We spend um, – so we've got three main focuses, um, self-awareness and leadership, um, gospel DNA. So we believe the gospel changes fundamentally how you plant the church. And I know that's a buzzword, but there's there's a lot of meaning there for us. So we're we're pressing into that a lot. And the third is just the nuts and bolts of how do you actually plant a church. Um, so it's the self awareness piece. It's the stuff I described earlier. Just that like really helping guys press into how they wired as a leader. What are their strengths? What does God want to leverage um, as for them to plant this church? And what are going to be the, their weaknesses? We've all got those things right, and a lot of times 
in the ministry context, you, there's not either, there's not an environment where you can, um, press in on those things with a group of brothers where there's trust and, 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 and encouragement and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to create that kind of environment. And that's, that's the thing that guys come back year after year and say, man, this was, this is, this is what I didn't expect to get that I think was the most crucial thing Mm. that I got. Mm. And how big are these um, cohorts? Um, Usually five or six. Um, We've, we've done as many as eight. Um, But again, it's, I mean, this is, we're pressing in pretty deep with all these guys. So we get too big. We, we feel like we start to lose and, and we can't accomplish as much as we, we set out to. So, yeah. 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 And the ages of these guys range typically, are you working? What, what's the sweet spot there with age? I mean, we've had guys as young as, as 25. Um, we've had guys as old as I think 42. Um, you know, this isn't unique to us. Um, I think, most of us tend to not know what we're good at until we're about 30. And, and so, you know, 30, somewhere in the range of, of that tends to be a little bit of a sweet spot. At the same time, you know, we're always kind of poking and testing at, at that because we want to make sure that we we don't raise the bar too high with, with the needs that are out there. Yeah. Okay, so you spend a lot of time uh, in training. What resources do you think every church planner should read? Oh, gosh. Books, podcasts videos yeah What's your favorite to recommend uh, um so hmm it's tough to so i mean where we i'll tell you where we started i mean we started with you know redeemer's church planning manual that's been replaced by center church we started with uh stetzer's planning missional churches um, um we've we've used clint's book as well um i think uh clint presses into some super helpful stuff when he talks about thresholds and just how do you know like what phase you're in and how to navigate that phase and how things change when you move into a different phase um but you know some of our um our core stuff now is like uh emotionally healthy leader has become a a core book on that self-awareness piece um yeah that's that'd be a few of them good awesome well, Mike, we appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. If people want to follow up with you, uh, how can they find you online? Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Um, love what you guys are doing. And um, just the more knowledge we can get out there, right, the, the further the ball will advance down the field. So you can get connected to us um, either via the, the Summit Church's website, which is uh, summitrdu.com, or uh, Summit Network is um, – the summitnetwork.com great awesome thanks so much well hey there podcast listener why don't you do me a favor if you've got a really cool church planting story maybe a church plant you're involved in or maybe a church planting story that you know from somewhere else why don't you just pull out your smartphone and record that story yourself telling that story in 30 seconds or less and shoot it off to us at info at newcityplanting.org. If we like that story and we think it'll be edifying for other listeners, we will put that on the podcast. So just send it over to us at info at newcityplanting.org. Thanks for tuning in to the Church Planting Podcast. We'll be back next week with a new episode. 